Let us pray. May only God's word be spoken, and may only God's word be heard. Amen. This past Thursday was the Feast of the Ascension. Personally, I think that Ascension is a vastly underappreciated holiday. Ascension marks that moment 40 days after Easter when the disciples gather with Jesus on the Mount of Olives and they watched him ascend back into heaven. Normally, we think of Christmas as being the holiday that's all about the incarnation, and it is. At Christmas, we celebrate God being incarnate and the person of Jesus born into a manger in Bethlehem. But the incarnation is not just the birth. It's the entirety of his life, including his death and his resurrection, and yes, his ascension. The ascension is the ending of this incarnate journey that Jesus has been on. One way to try and understand this is by picturing, by imagining God descending down into humanity in his birth, and then continuing that descent into his death, and then reversing that on an Easter, ascending out of death into life, and then here on the ascension, ascending back to the beginning. This journey, it's a you, right? Or a V, or a parabola, and this parabolic journey is the journey that we have been on since Christmas, through Epiphany, and Lent, and Holy Week, and Easter, and now on Ascension. That journey finds its completeness, its wholeness. One of the really important things theologically about Ascension is that Christ ascends in his body, not just his spirit. His bodily ascent symbolizes or signifies that Christ is taking humanity back up with him. He came down into humanity at the start of the incarnation, and then he takes that humanity back up with him into the Godhead here at the end. He takes humanity back. He takes us back up to God. Whatever division, whatever rupture there has been between us and God, between humanity and divinity, has been erased, bridged, healed in this parabolic journey from Christmas to Ascension. Today, of course, is not the Feast of the Ascension. Today is the Sunday after. This in-between place between Ascension and Pentecost. Jesus is gone, but the Spirit has not yet come down. And so what do the disciples do? The book of Acts tells us that the first thing they do is pray. Always important to start with prayer. That is the part right before today's reading. And then after they pray, they organize. They get their leadership circle together. There were 12, now there are 11. You know that whole story. 
it's time to replace Judas. And they have a pretty strict criteria about how they're going to go about this. It has to be someone who's been there since the beginning of Jesus' ministry from his baptism. Smaller group. And Matthias gets selected. Now, this organization of the apostles is not really about the organization of the apostles because this organization is going to go away really quickly. The idea that there would be 12 of them and that these apostles would be selected only from among those who were there from the very beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, well, the Holy Spirit has other ideas, as the Holy Spirit often does. Apostleship would not be restricted to 12, and it would not be restricted to those from the beginning, let alone those who uh, had even met him in person during his earthly life. That's how we get Paul, after all. That's how we get a church in the next generation. And so in one sense, this seems like a throwaway story. Why does it matter how they organize themselves when that organization would soon change? I think there's something deeper going on in this story. In selecting a replacement for Judas, no matter how short-lived it would be, they were trying to repair that which is broken among them before the Holy Spirit can come down and empower them to go do the work that God wants done, they need repair, healing, wholeness. All too often, we want to skip that part, don't we? We just want to keep moving forward and hope that whatever is broken in our lives, in our relationships, that that will just take care of itself. Maybe if we ignore it, then it can just go away. And that's true about us as individuals. It's true of us as a church. It's true of us as a wider society. The disciples knew something was wrong. They did not feel complete. So they need to do something to make themselves whole again. They took the time during these 10 days to do that, to pray, to figure out the problem, and to write it. This week is a good time to do that in our own lives as well, to take these 10 days, well, seven days now, between Ascension and Pentecost to pray and to look inside of ourselves, and to look around ourselves, and to try and figure out what is broken. What in our lives, what in the world around us is in need of repair? What is not whole? And then try to heal it. To heal those ruptures in our lives and in this world just as Jesus healed the rupture between us and God in his incarnation, the fullness of that incarnation, from his birth to his ascension. Amen.